Welcome to Trusting Children podcast episode 12. I'm Aisha, your host. I'm a parent myself and I have three young children. Before becoming a mum, I used to work with young children in nurseries and schools. I love everything about early childhood development. I created this podcast to share what I've learned with parents in short, informative episodes. Thank you for tuning in today and for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today, I've got another special guest interview. I'm going to be talking to Nathalie Alvarado. Nathalie is going to talk to us about how we as parents can learn to be kinder to ourselves and to trust ourselves more and believe in our skills as parents, being the best parents that we can for our children. Nathalie is a mindset and life coach for mums. She helps mums reclaim their energy and confidence as they create a purposeful life that they love. She herself is a single mom and a Montessori guide for upper elementary. Nathalie has worked at a Montessori school in Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic for the past six years as a co-directress and now as a teacher. Her Montessori and positive parenting background combined with her passion for coaching, self-discovery and personal development allows her to guide mums to reconnect to their true selves, find some inner peace and feel empowered in parenting and in life. Hello, Nathalie. Welcome. It's so nice to have you here. Hello, Aisha. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to talk to you. We're going to talk about parenting, well-being and self-confidence and finding ways to feel more connected because often nowadays, and especially in these, let's say, modern times, as parents, we have unimaginable pressures that are put on us from society, from social media, but also that we put on ourselves. We feel like we have to do it all. And then when we can't, we feel like we're failing. And you help parents to feel more connected to their children, but you do it through getting the parents to be more connected to themselves first. Yes. Would you be able to tell us why do you think parents nowadays feel so much pressure to be perfect and to do all these things the right way? Yes. You know, I think with so much information and new research being bombarded constantly at us, as well as the rise of social media, like you mentioned, and this portrayal that we sometimes see of these perfect lives, which is not really realistic. So we start to see these five second videos or these pictures mm. of children doing these perfect activities, these homes where there are no messes. And we unconsciously start to compare ourselves with these people that we don't even know, you know, we mm -hmm. don't even know apart from that snapshot or that short video, how their lives truly are. And since we have also become a little bit disconnected from ourselves, we are constantly seeking that outside input from other people. So I think this really causes us to pressure ourselves, to pressure ourselves a lot. And mm -hmm. there is a lot of shame around sharing our reality, around mm -hmm. 
and a deep fear of being criticized, being criticized even by our family members, but also by these strangers, you know, (laughs) we believe have these perfect lives. Yes, that's so true. Do you have any advice for parents? How could they try to, let's say, block out some of this noise, so to speak? What would you say to help them worry less about these external pressures that are, yeah, like you said, placed by society, by social media, by families, etc.? Yes. So first of all, we need to understand that we all have this inner voice, this inner guidance, that when we actually listen to it, it often provides us with the best guidance in our lives. But as a society, we've been conditioned to mute that inner wisdom and to always be seeking outside of us, to always look for external validation. You know, the traditional schooling system could have caused this, always looking for that validation from a grade or from an authority figure, our own upbringing. If our ideas weren't really taken seriously, maybe they weren't well-received we were told no a lot as a child, then we learned to really not trust in our own decisions and our own ideas. So we need to learn to connect back to that inner voice. And it is there. It's just buried under all of these distractions and opinions and this external input in our lives. So we need to start developing this sense of radical self-awareness and self-compassion for ourselves. And all as well, taking what we see in the outside world, in social media, with a grain of salt, not taking it as this full picture of perfection, but knowing that everyone has their own struggles behind the scenes and thinking about ourselves we are not sharing the tantrums. (laughs) We are not sharing the difficult moments in our lives. So it's probable that other people aren't as well. So I think that if we feel constantly pressured and finding ourselves constantly comparing ourselves, I think it's a clear sign to, for a need to do deeper work and understanding, you know, where are these feelings coming from? Not just pushing these feelings to the side. Some techniques that I love for this are journaling. It can really help us access that inner voice, meditation, mindfulness practice, and simply sitting with those feelings, allowing those feelings to be and admitting, you know, I feel really frustrated right now. I feel defeated. I feel like I'm not doing enough and letting that sit for a while without the need to fix them or to feel happy or to fill us up with that instant gratification that we're sometimes used to. Yes, that's amazing. And it kind of leads into the next question that I had prepared for you. What sort of inner work, where do we start to be able to get to a place where we can feel this compassion towards ourselves, where we can start feeling connected to our own needs and emotions? You mentioned journaling. Is there anything else any other sort of strategies to a person or to a parent who is just starting this journey? How, what would your advice be? Where would they start? Yeah. So I think the first place we can start to start building this connection with ourselves and that inner voice is developing awareness around our thoughts and our emotions. A lot of time we're walking around with all of 
this buildup, a lot of emotions, a lot of thoughts, a lot of needs that haven't been acknowledged. You know, we're just keeping them buried down. So a good practice is starting to observe, become an observer of your thoughts instead of immediately shutting your thoughts down or thinking, you know, that's not a good idea or this emotion isn't valid or let me look on Instagram to see (laughs) what I can, (laughs) you know, start listening to yourself. It sounds so simple, but we don't do it often enough. And a technique I really love to do is when I have a thought and have this urge to shut it down or to look for this external validation is to say to myself, hmm, that's really interesting. You know, right now I'm thinking this, 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 and I repeat it to myself so I can really analyze like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. And what I'm feeling right now, what I'm thinking right now is completely valid, is completely okay. And from there, we actually feel seen, we feel heard. And a lot of the times what we're feeling, that pressure that we're feeling just washes away. A lot of the times what we need is to feel acknowledged. A lot of the times we think I need to fix this emotion. I need to look for this solution immediately. And a lot of times what we're missing is just actually seeing ourselves and acknowledging ourselves and telling ourselves, you know, it's fine. (laughs) And as well, asking yourself on a daily basis, what do I need today to be the best version of myself I can be for myself, for my child, for my partner, for people around me? And starting to give that to ourselves instead of always looking to please others and do things for others, starting to build in that practice of self-care, however that looks for you. That's really beautiful. And it reminds me, well, all of the things that you've said about validating emotions and acknowledging, and we strongly, strongly advocate that we all do this for our children, but it's so hard to then do the same for ourselves. And you're right, if the only person that can acknowledge and validate your own emotions and feelings is you, then it needs to be you. It needs to be somebody and and that's enough. And that's a really, yeah, very interesting observation. (laughs) So why do you think it is so important that we take the time to do this inner work that we try to face, you know, acknowledge these emotions and face them and sit with them? Like you said, how can that help us? Well, Obviously, it's important for our own mental health and our own inner peace, but it's really important for our children as well. During the ages of zero to seven, our children's brains are basically in a programming state. So they're like walking sponges, absorbing everything from their environment. And it's not only this the external environment and if their shelf is organized and if they have the right activities, they're always watching us and learning from us. And during this age, we actually absorb into our subconscious mind all of these thoughts and these patterns that we are repeating in our adult life. So imagine if our child is watching us and seeing that we don't take care of ourselves, that we don't have self-compassion, that we don't know how to manage these emotions, what are they going to absorb from themselves? How are they going to play out this pattern later in their life? And 
these patterns, it has been proven that affects how we choose our partners, how we make decisions, how we pursue our goals later in life. So if we see it from that perspective, it is truly very important for us to do this mindset work so we can pass on healthy uh, beliefs, healthy thoughts and healthy patterns to our children. Thank you. And you mentioned earlier this comparison that uh, parents and, well, people fall into this trap of yeah, browsing social media and starting to compare and look at all the other people's snapshots of their, you know, their perfect snapshots. How could we try and focus on our our own strengths to sort of challenge this comparison and focus on our own strengths and abilities? So I see a lot of the times with my clients and myself that sometimes when we start comparing ourselves, it's because we actually don't know ourselves. So actually taking the time to get to know yourself, you know, who are you? What do you like? What do you do well? What do you dislike? What triggers you? And taking the time to do that, some of the tools we can use are Again, connecting with that inner voice, learning to spend time with ourselves. And there are a lot of tools nowadays as well, such as human design and the Enneagram and Myers-Briggs that can really help us understand who we are and what our strengths are, but then also celebrating those strengths. Instead of watching on social media, another mom do this amazing meal for their children and we beating ourselves up because we don't know how to cook. Maybe you're a great dancer and you love to dance with your children or maybe you love the outdoors and, and that's what you're always doing or maybe you have these amazing conversations with them and just celebrating that. And I always say that we have the child that we need and our child has the exact parent that we need. Like there are no mistakes here. There are no coincidences. So really honing in on that and owning that. That's so beautiful. I love that. Again, we always talk about how we are the parent that our children need, but it works both ways, exactly as you said. So you said you had a secret. <laughs> what is your secret? How, how can parents get to a place where they feel confident about themselves and about the parenting decisions that they make for their child and their family? Yeah. So I think nowadays a lot of parents want to educate themselves and that is amazing. But the secret here is mixing and matching what we learn until we create our unique, our own amazing parenting style that is right for us and it's right for our children. If we love Montessori, we love positive parenting, but hey, we also love some elements from Waldorf and from Rye, you know, why not take a little bit of all of those philosophies, mix it up with our own values, mix it up with our own personality and make create that parenting style that really works for us and for our child. I see a trap that a lot of parents fall into and it's wanting to follow this philosophy, this method in a very strict way. And that sets them up for a lot of frustration because we cannot follow anything perfectly. So learning to take everything you learn with a grain of salt and asking yourself, is this 
going to work for me? Is this going to work for my child? Try it out. And if it doesn't, not being afraid to go back and maybe prune out some of the things that aren't working for you. You don't have to continue doing something if it's not working for you. Even if it's trendy on social media, you do not have to continue doing it. Yeah. And yeah, as I said before, developing that self-trust that you have the wisdom, you have the guidance that you need to be the best parent for your child. Yeah, I definitely was that parent as well. When my daughter was born, I was, you know, I was fascinated by all these theories and read so much and then did exactly that. I was reading books, I was looking at social media and all these babies that were doing these things. And then, yeah, getting extremely not just frustrated, but sort of really down and doubting my skills as a parent. Like, what am I doing something wrong? Something wrong with me? Something wrong with my child? You know, why is my daughter not doing, why is my baby not doing these things when she was only a few months old? Yeah. And it took me a while, like I must say, you know, it took me a while, like a, probably a couple of years to realize that actually I don't need to follow the book. Like I can be inspired by the book. I can take what I've learned from the book and I can make it my own and adapt it to, to my needs and my daughter's needs. So it's definitely a place that I've been in and I totally agree and understand. And, <laughs> but I also would say, you know, if you are in that place, again, don't beat yourself up about that yes. because it's very easy to fall into that trap. And it's good to have people like Natalie to help you, you know, point out that it doesn't have to be that way and that it's okay to take what works for you from different philosophies. Thank you. Thanks so much for that. I'd like to ask you about parental guilt or mum guilt. I think that's quite a big feeling amongst new parents or parents in general. And it ties into everything that you've said, you know, this image of perfection, this expectations and this pressure. When as a parent, you start falling into this spiral of guilt, how would you combat that? How would you stop it from taking over your mind and your self-esteem? And how could you sort of come out from it on the other side? Yeah. So I once heard that our brain also needs maintenance. So it's an organ. It's part of our body. So we need to create a ritual or routine that works for us that allows us to come back and clean out any thoughts, weed out any beliefs that aren't serving us. So if we see that we're falling into this cycle of we go through a hard day, we do something that maybe, you know, we weren't expecting our toddler had like 10 tantrums and we just lost it. It happens to all of us and we're feeling really guilty. We're beating ourselves up about it and this is um, turning into a cycle. What I would recommend is establishing a simple routine at the end of the day. Instead of always focusing on what I did wrong, I'm not enough, you know, this mom did it better than me. Look, she did like 10 activities today and I didn't do anything. Ask yourself, what am I proud of myself today as a parent? What did I do well? It's such a simple question, but we usually focus on the negative things, on the things that we did wrong. 
Yes. It's easy to do yeah. that. It's so easy. It's so easy. So maybe you can have, you know, like a post-it next to your bed on your nightstand, uh, reminding you maybe an alarm on your phone. So every time before you go to bed, you ask yourself this, you journal about it. And I promise you, when you actually say this out loud or write it out, you'll realize that you're doing an amazing job. And you're judging yourself based on one minute of one day. So after you actually see, okay, you know, what am I proud of myself today? Then ask yourself, what is one thing, one small thing? It doesn't have to be like changing your whole day. Yes. What is one small thing I can change tomorrow that would make me feel more empowered, more confident, and better as a parent. Maybe the next time when that situation arises, it's lowering down to your child's level or taking a deep breath before you manage a situation. And some of these small sh shifts can really help us to feel better and more prepared, but we actually have to make it a part of our routine to, first of all, be compassionate to ourselves, develop this practice of self-compassion, and then analyzing, you know, what can I improve, but in a way that doesn't make us feel pressured or that we have to change all at once. Yeah. And I think it's important, like you said, to make it a part of your routine so it doesn't get forgotten and, yeah. and lost. So that's amazing. Thank you so much, Nathalie. You're Is welcome. there anything else that you'd like to say to our listeners any final advice or tips or yeah something very simple but I find that we also forget and it's that remind yourself to infuse more joy into your parenting you know don't take yourself so seriously do what you enjoy with your child sit down and play with them when you can and connect with them put the phone away for 10 minutes be with them and know that we are all here on this journey together. We are all learning. We are all growing every single day and you are doing an amazing job. That's amazing. Thank you so much. And Nathalie, you have quite a, a big Instagram account and you said you coach parents and moms. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about that, like where they can find you, um, how they can get in touch with you if they need to? For sure. So you can find me at Nyape on Instagram and nyape.com. And I currently am restructuring my one-on-one -on -one coaching program. So it's going to launch at the end of this month, which is really exciting. If you are wanting to work with me or you would like to chat about the possibility of working with me, reach out. You can send me an email or DM me on Instagram and we can get in touch. And I'll put Nathalie's details in the show notes. I'll put links in there for everyone to access. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. And, you know, I actually feel so much more positive for the rest of the day. I feel empowered and, and encouraged to just be the best person and be the best parent that I can. <laughs> so thank you. I hope that everybody listening to this episode will feel the same way. Actually, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure that they will. So thank you very much, Nathalie. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you, Aisha, for having me. 
Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this interview as much as I enjoyed speaking to Nathalie and you feel inspired to be kind to yourself and listen to yourself and believe in yourself and really trust that you are the best parent for your child. That's it for this episode today. Thank you so much for listening again. And one more great big thank you to Nathalie for talking to us. We're all in this together and we have got this. 